Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. Join with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? How's hey. it going? How's everyone doing? I, I just wanted to snow. Yeah, I think you, your wish will come true. Yeah, you're for sure going to get your wish. It is going to snow in Dallas, Texas. By the time they listen to this, though, it'll probably be 70 degrees again, though. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's supposed to be like a mini Snowpocalypse, right? Yeah. Like one day, two days? I think two days. Gosh. I know. I'm triggered, though. That was awful. That was so bad. Remember that? I will tell you this, though. Like, when we had no power in our house, just the fireplace on, like, even all the, like, internet lights are out, that was the most peaceful I have ever been. I, I don't got a fireplace. I got oh, a candle. I got a candle. Come on. Most of, us, most of us young adults who aren't like, you know, that five far down the road, we got mm. this apartment. Mm. <laughs> and our cats. I'll be and you You got cats? No, no, no. Oh, I, was, okay. I was speaking on behalf of the oh, people. Oh, the people. Okay. But that's not Dog. what we're talking about. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, I'm glad y'all said that because just like many were a victim to the snowpocalypse and to the freezing temperatures. Mm. Last no night at the porch, we uh, talked about victim mentality. And I think that, you know, giving a sermon and all of that, there's so much stuff that pops up in people's minds about their situations and what does this mean about this situation or what about this? And we'd love to sedate the conversation further and what it means to truly no longer live underneath a kind of a victim mentality, but to know that you have victory um, in Christ. But I do think that there are some hard circumstances that people have been through that they've they're still remaining or holding on. It's like, man, I just don't feel like I can break free from this. How do I even begin? Um, because I do feel so victimized by what happened to me. And so uh, I think first, David, if you would just kind of set up what is victim mentality for those that haven't heard the message? What does it look like just really quickly? Uh, how would you be able to assess? Because I think a lot of us are more there than we even yeah. realize. Like, how could I think through, man, it's Am I walking in a victim mentality? Yeah. First off, great message. JD taught it. I think it was one of your best messages ever. If you missed it, go to the porch.live or the porch app, check it out, hear it. And you'll hear a deeper dive into a victim mentality of having the mindset of blaming others for your problems, blaming circumstances, blaming things that happened to you, blaming things that didn't happen to you. And how do we live life not with a victim mindset, but a victor mindset that happens through Christ and the victory that he has accomplished on the cross. And now in this life, allow that to apply and give us the uh, freedom to make decisions that lead to a life that experiences freedom, wholeness, healing, et cetera. But you're saying, hey, when you're doing that, there comes times where you really were the victim of some pain or of abuse or of a uh, divorce. divorce or your parents. And how do you make the decision to forgive them or forgive those who've hurt you in your past, right? Yeah. I And like move on when something was so defining, um, how do I truly, do I act like it's not there? Do I, how much am I supposed to talk about it or use it? Like, you know, you see like people that were victims of abuse. Now they're like working with nonprofits to help people come into the light. Like what is, how do I know my role and responsibility? Or should I just be like, man, that's not, is if moving on as if it didn't happen, is that healthy? Or is that going, well, no, I'm new in Christ. Like, 
a lot of questions there. Yeah. So I think the first thing would be uh, in the realm of forgiveness, in the realm of holding on to something, uh, how do you begin the steps towards forgiveness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really important question. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about what forgiveness is when it comes to the Bible. People will think, hey, you forgive and you don't forget, or forgiveness is forgetting, and if you still remember it, then you're holding it against someone, and what actually is forgiveness? Biblically speaking, you there's nothing related with forgiving and forgetting. In fact, you can't forget in order to forgive, because forgiveness biblically, according to Matthew chapter 19, there's a, a story in Matthew 18 of uh, basically there's a parable Jesus gives, and he explains forgiveness. And the chapter starts with Peter saying, Hey, Lord, how many times do I forgive my brother if they've hurt me? How many times am I willing to put up with somebody and forgive them? Up to seven, and Peter's thinking, that's a huge answer. Pat myself on the back. Look how gracious and amazing I am. Jesus is going to be impressed. And Jesus says, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, you over and over and over and over again forgive. And then he tells a story, and he says, there was a dude who had a uh, bajillion-dollar debt like an astronomical number Jesus gives. Billions and billions, a debt he never could pay off. And finally, his debt gets called on by the lender and the lender's like, give me my money. And the guy throws himself at his feet, begs for mercy, says, please forgive me or give me more time. And the guy cancels his debt. Then dude leaves and he goes on his way home. And on his way home, he bumps into a guy that owed him five bucks. And he grabs the guy by the collar and says, give me my $5. And basically, despite having been forgiven of an enormous debt, he now is holding that debt against somebody, a much, much smaller debt. And it, the original lender finds out the guy had done this, and he goes, grabs that guy, throws him in jail, says, how could you be forgiven so much and not forgive somebody of such a little thing after I forgave you of all of that? And Jesus says, this is how it will be with your heavenly father for anyone who does not forgive. In other words, forgiveness is canceling a debt that I am making the decision. You owe me through your actions, through the divorce, through you not being present as a father, through the sexual immorality or the affair or the lying or the reputation damage, whatever the uh, damage that was done created a debt. And as Christians, we are called to cancel that debt, to decide I'm not holding this against you anymore. Yeah, that's really good. I think for so long, here's what I did. I kind of thought that forgiveness was like you just ignore it almost. Like, I'm going to cancel your debt. Like, I, some really hard things have been done to me. Yep. And it's just like, you move on in a little bit. So how do you like, gra like how do you wrestle with, no, I'm going to acknowledge like that was so messed up. Yep. And in a perfect world, that wouldn't have happened to me. Um, and some of these feelings of like anger or sadness. Yeah you know, it's not just like shove those on and there's grace and I love you, even though, you know, you did all these things. Yeah. I think you got to be really honest with yourself and with the person. And sometimes it takes some introspection because you're deciding, Hey, this happened and I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. I am choosing, willingly choosing, and I'm not excusing the sin. I'm not pretending like it didn't happen. I'm not pretending like it wasn't a big deal. Sin anytime it happens is a big deal. It's so big. God decided God was crucified for it. And so it's a big deal to God. And so pretending like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal is not helpful. You're just living in denial. The real act that you and I, or we all have to take as Christians is choosing, I'm not holding this debt against you anymore. I'm not gonna pretend that it didn't happen. It happened. And yet it was paid for on the cross by Jesus. And he canceled my debt and he has canceled yours. 
and it's not optional for believers. And there are a few things in the world that I think are like as powerful as choosing in the face of real harm to forgive. Yeah. And do you guys know what happened in Rwanda? When? A long time ago? In the 90s. Like the genocide? Yeah, yeah, the Rwanda genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in like that the one Hotel Rwanda, the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a war that broke out, civil war in Rwanda. This is related to forgiveness. And at the in 30 days, it was Bill Clinton. He said, My greatest regret of my entire presidency was that I didn't do more in the Rwandan. A million people died in 30 days. Wow. And they died at the hands of their neighbors. Dang. Mm-hmm. The Hutus and the Tutsis who looked different, they would take out machetes and they murdered their neighbors. And they would do so after looking at, you know, they had s- slight facial differences or slight difference. In other words, if you looked at Hutus and Tutsis, you'd be like, you guys all look the same. But these slight differences and this tribal division had created such animosity that in a million people lost their lives in 30 days. At the end of that time, they had something called um, these different reconciliation moments where you begin to go, how do you recover from that? And they brought people in these different tribes and different villages, and they came together, and they went through the process of forgiving the people who had killed their family. And the world saw on display the power of forgiveness. Hatred is powerful, mm-hmm. but forgiveness is more powerful. And we see it anytime there was the uh, Charleston, what was the shooting? Dylan Roof went oh, in, yeah, shot the up church. a church, yeah. and then people stood, and they said, I forgive you. And I don't know how you can tap into that type of incredible power other than through Jesus, because it's through Christ. We know every sin has been paid for on the cross. And I think God's inviting us all as painful and what happened to you was wrong. Uh, The people who hurt you, abused you, abandoned you, all of that was not okay. It wasn't right. You can't pretend it didn't happen, but you can choose to decide. I'm not holding this against them anymore. My debt was canceled on the cross and I am choosing to cancel the debt that this person has. That's good. I have two questions. The first one Biblically and practically, what does it take like to exercise the practice of forgiveness? Because I think sometimes just saying, say out loud, I forgive my dad for leaving us yeah. can feel so like underwhelming or yeah. like that's not it. Like, so, and it still hurts. So it's yeah. like, did I, did actually, I actually do yeah. it? Yeah. And this follow-up question is, if I truly forgive someone, is the evidence of that me like looking at them differently, seeing them differently, wanting to be closer to them, wanting there to be... Because sometimes, like, if you get in a fight with your friend and you forgive each other, you're closer than ever before, and you're like, yay. Like, But sometimes I personally have believed that just because I forgive someone doesn't mean I, I now need to be friends with them. Yeah. But then I'm like, aren't Christians all supposed to be friends? Like, yeah. or is our boundaries okay? Yeah. yeah. So those two questions. First, like, what does it actually practically mean to forgive someone? And then... What's the evidence? What's it supposed to look after you have? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody told me this when I was in college. It was really, really helpful for me. I was recognizing like I had some bitterness against my dad. My parents divorced when I was 12. He wasn't um, really highly involved. And candidly, every parent is imperfect. So my son someday will have things that he'll have to forgive his imperfect me dad Mm -hmm. for. And just like any imperfect dad, my dad had those things. So I had bitterness that I was realizing in my heart towards my father and somebody gave me the advice that it's really hard to cancel a debt if you don't know what the debt is. That's good. And you should sit down and you should write out what was taken from you. And it was the first time I'd ever written out, oh, you took from me every other Monday night where I had to drive across town to that 
stinky apartment or that tiny little apartment. You took from me having a dad that was president football games or mm-hmm. at sporting games. You took from me and I just listed out these different things and made the decision at the end. And you don't owe me anymore. And I'm not holding on to those and trying to hold it against you. I think part of the process of forgiveness is identifying, hey, this is what was taken from me. You took from me my purity. You took my virginity. You took from me my uh, how people thought of me. And when you said those things behind my back, you took those things and I'm choosing to cancel that debt. What I've realized, at least for me, is it's not a one and done often when those feelings and emotions resurface because you'll think, man, I've forgiven that person. And then all of a sudden you, you hold it against them. I have to, again, choose to decide, man, this is what was taken and you don't owe me anymore. And I'm choosing to forgive you. So that's, I think, the most practical, helpful thing that I went through and walked through yeah. of identifying this is exactly what was taken and I no longer hold it against you. Yeah, that's really good because I feel like what you just modeled, David, I feel like a lot of people jump, and I did this, where you jump like straight, like sometimes it's worth, here's what I'm trying to say, sitting in, here's what was taken from me yeah. for a second, not way too long because that's where you get bitterness and, and all of that. Victim mentality. The, yeah. Victim mentality. But like not just breezing by and acknowledging, here's why this is so incredibly hard and I mm-hmm. feel it and, yeah. it and it's painful. And there are real like consequences of that that I'm now bearing and that the people around me are experiencing. Yes. Like, you took from me a year of my life where my personality was different, you know, where yeah. I didn't get to go to social events because I was, I couldn't see men without crying or whatever that is. And really just stopping and realizing that God's mad about that too. Like God's not like, oh, you're fine. Like just forgive him. Like God's like, I, I love you. And I hate that that happened to yeah. you. And I'm, I have like, somebody's going to pay the price for that. There is justice that it's either going to be Jesus on the cross if that person has put their faith in Jesus yeah. or they're going to pay for it eternally. Um, and then and then moving on to what you said of like, and now I'm choosing to cancel that debt because God's got me, you know? Yeah, because I think uh, I still want you to answer like, what's, part, what's your relationship yeah. supposed to... Actually, let's do that. I have so many questions. Do that. What What's yeah. the relationship after meant to look like or in terms of the Christian... Yeah. I honestly, like, we could do a whole podcast on, like, do Christians have to be friends? And there's yeah. so many things, too, J.D., where it's, like, of, like, I mean, the relationship with an abuser versus the relationship with a friend who right. pissed you off. like Or, like, you know, your dad. You know, yeah. Just because you forgave your dad, are you, like, so now come over for Christmas. Yeah. Are you yeah. Every yeah. Sunday. Forward, like, you know, come, yeah. yeah. So I think there's levels of reconciling that happen. And to the fastest way, I would say, no, if, if you were a victim of abuse, that doesn't mean that you and— the other person have to be best friends in order for you to actually be extending forgiveness because forgiveness has nothing to do with friendship. It's canceling a debt. And as best you can, the Bible says, live at peace with all men. And so I want to be reconciled. I want to choose to forgive. I want to honor and be loving to that person if I was to interact with them. But the Bible doesn't call us that we're to have all types of relationships with all people in all places at all, everywhere. There's an element of life where I'm going to choose, hey, I love you, I'm for you. And yet, just based on where I'm at and the pain that I'm still processing through or some of that hurt, I'm not going to choose to have this type of relationship, but I can still forgive you. And I don't even have to tell you that I've forgiven you in order for me to go through that process and say, you know, I forgave you dad, or I forgave you old girlfriend, I forgave you, whatever. I have to decide to cancel that debt. So I think it's totally appropriate that you can have boundaries and still be Christ-like and considerate and love people. Yeah. 
Okay, my next, that's good. My next question, because we're wrapping up on time. Um, so with the victim mentality message, this actually is coming from a conversation I had with my mom. We were talking about a situation where a girl was living with her boyfriend who was just an awful boyfriend. And, um, and she's doing that because what was modeled for her was her dad was awful to her mom. And my mom said... At some point, though, she's going to have to stop riding on that excuse yeah. of her dad being offered to her mom, and she's going to have to decide, am I going to be different? So when I hear you say uh, you had to, like, figure out what the debt is and what you took from me, how, how much is potentially playing victim and going, well, you took, well, you took, well, you took, or me going, I allowed you to take? Yeah. Like, um, at what point is it reality like they took something from you or you just going, no, I could have in that moment said, yeah, you did this awful thing to me. I'm not going to let that yeah. like send me down searching for affirmation with hookups. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, how much yeah, yeah. is like self-inflicted because you are letting someone else's decisions affect your decisions? And how much is truly is valid in you took from me? Because here's my only, my last thing. Let's say that daughter went to her dad and said, you took from me mo modeling a right relationship so I was in wrong relationships. And that dad was like, you're a grown woman. Like, you made your own mistake yeah. or your own decisions. Like, don't you put that on me. Would she feel like she got to forgive her dad because he wasn't receptive and like, yeah, you know. Oh, totally. Well, I think I should, I should have highlighted, I don't think you have to be present with the person to forgive them. I think she can decide if she recognizes I'm bitter against my dad, she can write out the things that from her perspective, the emotional feelings that she has of these are the things that were taken and I'm gonna decide to cancel that debt. The truth is everybody has a role to play in everything. And so are there ways in which she is responsible for her decisions and dating relationships and all of that stuff, regardless of her dad? Yes. But I'm more talking about in her own heart, if the root of bitterness, as Hebrews 13 calls it, has begun to grow and by it defile many, it says, she needs to recognize I'm feeling bitterness towards my dad. And the only way for me to get healthy and for me to move on and for me to experience peace doesn't mean I go to my dad and I say those things. And if hopefully he responds well, it means I decide I know what was taken and I'm canceling that debt. And I think that person will begin to experience a freedom and a healing that happens through that because she may be coping with that relationship mm -hmm. and with that toxic relationship through from a wound that has never fully healed. Gotcha. I so I identify with that a little bit because my mom was a missionary dater. Like, and she, this is nothing that we haven't talked about. Like, whatever. And I realized I remember being young and being like, I want to date a Christian guy, and then all the guys I dated weren't Christians, and then I experienced all the heartbreak from that. Um. I think what the problem is, is that a lot of people, like we can basically place our identity in being a victim as a way to, like, I think sometimes Massage we- Massage our decisions. Yeah. Like allow ourselves yeah. the right to make the totally. decisions. That, at, at the end of the day, it's like, you just wanted to do that. Yes. Has totally. that to do with happened to you? Yes. Totally. Where it's like, um, and I think some people have just told yourself so long, like, I'm a victim, like, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. No, you're not. Like, you were victimized in the moment. Like, you have been a, like, You've you know what I mean? experienced trauma. It's, you yeah. experienced trauma, but that's not who you are. Like, stop telling yourself, I am 
this, you know, and start telling yourself like, no, I am a victor, you know, yeah. like I've been victimized yes. and I am a victor because I have Jesus. Right. Can I, um, do we have time for me to just go into one more question? Yeah. Um, because this is a little bit intense, but I feel like one, so one in three girls have been sexually assaulted. One in six men have been sexually assaulted. So let's just go there for a second. Um, you're talking about forgiveness and, you know, moving on. Um, what about when something that's been stolen from you, like you feel like you can't get back? Yeah. For instance, virginity. Like when you trust Jesus, are you a virgin again? Or like once you've forgiven someone, does that automatically come back to you? Like what? T- talk about that for a second. I think there's lots of things that are stolen you can't get back. You can't get back a, a, you know, a present mom. You can't get back your 20s. You can't get back your teens. You can't get back high school. You can't get, you can't get any, uh, most things in life where you are a victim of a traumatic or hurt or something. You can't get it back. But I think you can decide, hey, this was taken. I'm going to s- decide to cancel the debt. And if you've experienced trauma or abuse or sexual assault or any of that stuff, you've got to take steps to invite other people in and to bring that in the light and talk about it and take steps towards healing because it was taken. It won't be given back. And yet Jesus, this is why the cross is so important. He offers us hope in this world for all of eternity that justice will be served. It was ultimately declared on the cross that all of sin is paid for either by him or by someone for all of eternity. And we're going to spend eternity with him forever, free from the shame and guilt, free from any of the pain and baggage. And because of that, we have hope. And it doesn't make it like it didn't happen. It doesn't give you virginity back, but you can experience living with peace in this life because of that. But it happens when you decide I'm going to work through and take steps to heal by forgiving. That's good. All right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. A little heavy. Good job. It is heavy. It is heavy, heavy. but it's good. But the, it's yeah. really good because I think there is something to like, to just like taking it. You, you see people relax a little bit, like when they've actually forgiven yeah. mm-hmm. and they've actually let go of that burden, like their shoulders, like kind of start hanging a little lower. Yeah. yeah. It always starts coming back. I would say just to wrap up, I think a lot of times we let these situations and these conversations in this process to forgiveness become so big in our minds. And then once you say it out loud, you're like, oh, wait. That was way more built up in my mind yeah. so than true. what just took place. And whoa, it way was, it was so much more easier than I thought it was. To, and like, God does not overcomplicate healing. He doesn't want to make it like it's this huge, hard process yeah. to yes. be healed. He wants it for you. Yeah, that's good. He's like, it's readily available. So I would just say, man, do what it takes to simply start and start simply to head towards the path of going from victim to victor and to be healed from the bitterness and to forgive those that have hurt you. Come on, it's good. I love it. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.